Yes, 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 yes. What's going down, people? Welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber, the birthday episode. And we are just flexing, chilling, having fun. Okay, so before we get into this week's films, and we've got a bumper selection for you today. Um, we're going to look at the top 15 films streaming in the UK right now. Okay, so at number 15, we've got Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, you know, the last chapter, which is from J.J. Abrahams, right? A Walt Disney Lucasfilm production. Starring Daisy Ridley, John Bioga, Oscar Isaacs, and Kerry Russell. Um, and it featured in Echo Chamber 68. So, uh, yeah, that was the last episode of 2019. Okay, so at number 14, we've got Bad Boys for Life from uh, Bilal Falah and Adil El Aribi, uh, starring Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Vanessa Hodgins, and Alexander Ludwig. Say uh, Sony Pictures a production. At number thirteen, we've got Jumanji: The Next Level. So uh, yeah, you know this. Hey, this film just uh, you know. It's a landmark this week. It was from director Jake Kasadin. Uh, you know, a Columbus Pictures film from Karen Gillan, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Vivido, and Aquafina. Okay, so then at number 12, we've got Knives Out. So this was from Ryan Johnson. Okay, um, it starred Anna Diamas, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Chris Evans, and Daniel Craig. Okay, so it's a Lionsgate film, and it featured in our London Film Festival Volume Eight edition of Echo Chambers. Okay, so at number 11, people, we have got Emma. So, this was, um, this was from Autumn the Wild, and it is starring Anna Taylor-Joy, John Flynn, Mia Goff, and Tanya Reynolds. Okay, so it we're now breaking into the top 10. So at number 10, we've got Bloom House's Fantasy Island, and this was from uh, Jeff um, Wad Wadhow, <laughs> and it is starring Lucy Hale, Michael Penner, Maggie Q, and Jimmy O. Yang. At number nine, we got Military Wives, 
Okay, so um, this was a Lionsgate Abeth picture. It's from director Peter Canateo, starring Shannon Hogan, Kristen Scott Thomas, Amy James, and Gabby French. And it featured in episode 78 of Echo Chamber. Then we've got Onward. Okay, at number eight, this is another Pixar Walt Disney picture from Dan Scanlon, and it's got voice cast of Chris Pratt, Octavia Spencer, Julie Louise DeFreyas, and Ali Wong. Okay, so at number seven, and uh, we um yo we talked about it last week in episode 95 it's dark waters and this is from todd haynes starring mark joffalo anna hathaway tim robbins and a bill camp uh so then we've got 1917 at number six, so this was from Sam Mendes, starring George McKay, Dean C. Chapman, Richard Madsen, and Benedict Cumberbunch. At number five, we've got Sonic the Hedgehog, which was from Jeffrey Fowler, starring Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Neil McDonald, and Tom Butler. At number four, it's Frozen 2. So this was from Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck with a voice cast of Idiana Menzel, Kristen Bell, Jonathan Gruff and Josh Gad. At number three, it's Birds of Prey, the fantabulous um, Harley Quinn. I got her name, and that was from Kathy Yan, starring Margaret Robbie, Jeremy Smomlet, Eo McGregor, and Mary Elizabeth Wanstead. At number two, we've got Doolittle, and this is from Stephen Gagan, starring Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, Emma Thompson, and Rami Malek. And at number one this week, people, it's The Invisible Man from Lee Wanell, starring Elizabeth Moff, Oliver Jackson, Adias Hodge, and Storm Reed. So, now, people, before we get into this week's film, a little bit of news, and then we're going to get into the funness. All right, so sit back. And enjoy. Okay, so fans of Japanese cinema, yo, you can rejoice because BFI Japan 2020 is now upon us. So, from the information on the website, it reads, In this major season, we spotlight Japanese filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We have long carried a torch for Japanese film 
here at the BFI. Since the birth, the first BFI London Film Festival opened with Akira Kurosawa's Fawn of Blood in 1957, we've played a vital role in bringing the cinema of this culturally rich nation to UK audiences through our festivals, seasons, theoretical distribution, books, and video publishing. In this major season, we spotlight filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We begin our story with Akira Kurosawa, and over the coming months, we'll present films from the golden age, a focus on Yasugira Uzu, New Wave Rebels, the visionary creations of anime, the Neverworlds of J-Horror, and so much more with archived rarities to contemporary works and cult classics. This landmark season will take place on the BFI Player. It started on the 11th of May and it will continue with new new online collections released each month and they expect to present it at the BFI South Bank and cinemas nationwide later on in the year. So yes, you'll be able to see stuff like Seven Samurai, Drunken Angel, Ran, Stray Dog. I mean, just classics like that. So yeah, if you're a fan, um, go check it out, right? So you'll be pleased to know you can get a free 14-day free trial of the BFI player. Um, and after that, it is $4.99 a month, but you can cancel whenever you want. And another thing that a lot of, you know, film fans may enjoy, um, you know, there will be a lot of exclusive introductions from Mark Commode. So, that is Japan 2020. It's on the BFI player right now, people. Go check it out. Okay, film fans, this will be of interest to you. Today, Cinema Showtime, an Indiegogo crowdfunding multimedia project designed to reunite film fans following the coronavirus lockdown, has launched. They will be working in partnership with Medi Cinema, the charity that brings the magic of film to hospitals. Cinema Showtime is a project that is looking forward to a time when restrictions are lifted and we can start going and doing what we love again. Going to the pictures. It is looking forward to a time when we can watch rescheduled movies that we have been waiting to see for months on the big screen with our friends. The current guidelines suggest that we can expect to see cinemas reopen to the public from July the 4th. Perhaps that will be our own Independence Day. (laughs) What the Cinema Showtime project involves 
Stamps, production and distribution of a free glossy magazine written by film experts and packed with the ultimate preview of every movie being released between November the 20th and August the 23rd. Sorry, that's November 2020 to August 2021. This will include the latest release dates Info, features, interviews and more Staging a one-off live event in a prominent London venue Called Cinema Showtime Live That fans and contributors will be invited to attend This will include a fan lottery with incredible prizes A money can't buy, merchandise and experiences Also creating an online site and newsletter that celebrates the return of cinema with up-to-the-minute news and information, production unique and exclusive merchandise to tie in with the event and film releases, and also 10% of all contributions and money raised will go to the charity Medi Cinema to assist with their work. The teams behind Cinema Showtime, Creative Path Group Limited, Strike Media Limited and My Film Club will be monitoring the latest coronavirus guidelines to ensure that what is planned will be sensible and time sensitive. The first glossy magazine is currently scheduled for October. As this proceeds, a number of major rescheduled movie releases for November onwards. These include No Time to Die, Black Widow, Soul, Free Guy, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, Top Gun Maverick, Coming to America 2, The Tomorrow War, Venom 2 and many more. Medi Cinema is a registered UK charity that builds and runs state-of-the-art cinemas in NHS hospitals which accommodate beds and medical equipment. They work to help improve patient well-being, re- resilience and recovery through the power of film and the shared cinema experience. Currently, their cinemas are suspended just like all regular cinemas across the country. Instead, they are providing a free movie channel for patients to access at their bedsides during the long periods of isolation that come with restricted visiting hours. We are raising money for them to keep these services running and to ensure their in-hospital cinemas can reopen when it is safe to do so. The Medicinema CEO, Kat Mason, said, We all miss being able to go out to see a film with friends and for our NHS patients who are more isolated than ever and not able to visit our in-hospital cinemas. It is even harder. This is such a wonderful initiative. Uh, We are so grateful for Cinema Showtime support, which will help ensure that our cinemas will reopen and that patients can once again have a break from the wards and their conditions to do what used to feel normal to all of us. To go and watch a great film. Alright, so... 
check out the links in this episode's information on how you can get involved with uh, Cinema Showtime. Great stuff. Okay, people, so now we're done with that. It's time to get into this week's films. And we have got a, um interesting selection for you. We have got one phenomenal, one actually kind of endearing, and one not so good. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it, all right? Enjoy. Okay, so this week I checked out Desperados, which is a new film on Netflix. It's from director Lauren Paola Migueno, otherwise known for some reason I don't know as LP. Um, the film's written by Ellen Rappaport. And it is starring Nassim Pedrad, Lamore Morris, Robbie Amwell, Anna Camp, Heather Graham, and uh, Sarah Burns. Right, so uh, basically, right, the film um, follows Wesley and her group of friends who travel to Mexico in an effort to delete an email that, uh, yeah, Wesley sent during a drunken, a drunken bad period, let's say, to, uh, to a boyfriend who she thinks was an ex, but turns out was not so um yeah this is like it's set up as a um you know a female fun trip right it's got a you know these girls who are like wesley she's meant to be the kooky one you know looking for love and her two best friends One's in a marriage who, where she doesn't know if she wants to still be there. The other one is trying to get pregnant, but she can't. And that's really it, right? And we are introduced, you know, to really kind of try and set the scene. The film starts off with Wesley on a job interview. Right, so she's a um, a guidance counsellor, and she's gone to a a, a school, um, you know, a Catholic school run by nuns, and um, like the nuns offer it, basically offered her the job, right, and she's just like, oh yeah, great, you know, because yeah, you know, I I even think Catholic schools can mix it up and be different. You know, and the nun's like, oh, what do you mean? And she basically tells the nun that she would recommend that, you know, the girls self-pleasure themselves. And you're kind of sitting there watching it and you're just like, no. Like, no. You know, you can buy it 
if someone says something stupid Like, you know what I mean, they make a, a Freudian slip Or they mix their words up You know what I mean, like, that you can buy But someone going on an interview And especially to a Catholic school That you know is going to be straight Right? And you've been offered And, like, yeah, you've been offered a job So once you're offered a job You want to get out as soon as possible Because you don't want to fuck it up You don't want them to, uh, you know, retract the offer But you're not going to say Hey, I think the girl should, you know, masturbate Yeah, that you're not going to say it to a nun Because even the most inept person understands You're not going to keep that job Right, so that happens And then we have her going back to her, her apartment I think she's on the phone And she's just like, talking to her mum And it's just like, yeah, nothing's working out I've got such bad luck And you're just like, what? Huh? And so you've got her coming into her apartment But they're hitting every single cliché you know, we see a, a flyer for freezing your eggs. We see a bird cage with no birds in plants that are dead. You know, it's, it, it's just hit, trying to hit everything. Like, oh, look, she can't keep anything alive. Oh, look, you know, she she's desperate. She might be freezing her eggs. Oh, look, all her friends are getting married. Oh, look. She's going on loads of dates Because I think we see a dating profile Or something, something You know, and it's just like This is so heavy handed Like where is the nuance here What's What's happening Right, and so she's always going I'm a hopeless romantic You know, I just want to find Someone And she, you know, we see her going on These dates and it's not working And then she goes on this one date with um Wes uh, sorry with uh yeah I'm gonna say with Wesley no because Wesley is her no with Sean right who's played by Lamore Morris and um like she sits down and she just goes off right and when they're talking but when they're talking on the phone because you know this is a setup Right, one of her friends have gone, oh yeah, this guy, he's nice, Good. you know, you should give him a call And so they're talking on the phone and she's just like, hey, don't you hate it when, you know, you go on a date with someone and people just, you know, they go on about their exes and do all of this stuff And they, wouldn't it be good if you could just say no and you just be able to leave and not waste your time And then, you, you know, on the date she just does all of those things, right? And so it's just like, you know, it has again, it's just heavy handed in its approach to try and say, oh, this person's having bad luck. But you're watching it and it's just like, but the person isn't having bad luck. They're just an asshole. You know, that's the thing. Like, the person's an asshole. You know, no one in the film is really that redeemable. Like, Sean is okay, he's the best of the bunch, but 
even he isn't like the way the film ends. It's just like, wait, what? You know, they they make him a contradiction. You know, it's just it's a weird film. It's trying so hard to be, you know, this hilarious kind of haphazard little hijinks adventure. But it's just not. Like, no one gets fleshed out. Jerry, like, no one. You know, they don't, you know, give us any real insight into Wesley. You know, they just want to set it up as cliche, cliche, cliche. But they don't want to break it down. Like, why are you finding it hard to meet people? Like, why do you just... There's, as I said, look, there's saying the wrong thing... You know, it's just when people can, yeah, you just misspeak and maybe you speak too fast and it's all things like that. But what we're seeing out of her is it's like they've written her like she just doesn't really care about anyone else, which is an odd one. There's like, right, you've written that character. So why would we care about her? You know what I mean? So that's the thing, right? And, like, her friends, we know nothing about her friends. And then at the end, you know, they they, want to drop all of this stuff. And it's just like, wait, where? Like, you didn't, you could have brought that into the film earlier. You could have fleshed all of these people out. You know, the the, the thing they give Sean is, oh, I had an ex-wife. You know, like, this is the, this is it. No one is anything other than just these things they want to hang off of them. Which is just an odd, it's an odd thing, right? And the crazy, like, the crazy thing with Wesley, as I said, look, at the beginning, you see her apartment, right? And they give us all of these things like, oh, look, can't keep plants alive and blah, blah, blah. But her apartment, it's huge, her apartment is crazy nice. It is huge. But she's unemployed. And we get the kind of sense that, yeah, she hasn't really had a stable job for a long time. So you're just like, wait, how is she in this huge-ass apartment? It's that kind of friends thing. When, yeah, they're, like, they're just a waitress, but they're in huge apartments. And you're just like, wait, How? Like, what's happening here? How the fuck are you all living this large? You know, so it's like this. But then, you know, we get a moment where she's just like, oh, I'm poor and I don't have... And you're just like, wait, you're not poor. Like, everything we see from you shows you as being affable. You know what I mean? It's like she's in these, like, real nice clothes. She's in a huge apartment. It's just like you don't get the sense from her that she's poor. You know, the fact that they can take this trip and stay in this real nice resort, you know, just a drop of a fat. It's like if we had it just like, oh, I really want to go and do this thing, but how can I do it? Ah, and when we see her kind of trying to work out how she can afford it, yeah, that would help, but we don't, right, and so the film is 
strung on this concept that she finally goes on this one date with a guy and you know she doesn't really say too much and because she's not saying that much he's thinking she's incredible and she's so normal and so they go on this great date they have great sex and yeah she's like I found a one and it's like that's the thing, like, straight away, one day, and it's just like, yeah, this is the one, I'm gonna get married, blah, 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 and so she then doesn't hear from him for, like, five days, and so we see her distraught, and she decides to send a scathing, mean email, right, and the thing is, so she's sitting with her friends, they're drunk, and she's like, I'm going to send him an email. And they're all like, yes, send him an email. Like, no one's just like, hold on. It's only been five days, right? Should we not just wait for a minute? You know, but, and then we just see them writing this, supposed like, essay. And you're just like, wait, what? what is this? And they're all taking turns, showing them right in their own section of it. And it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's mention his dead dad. And let's mention this. And let's mention that. And you're just like, wait, what? You know, it's not even, like, funny. You know what I mean? Like, they're not even writing this funny, scathing, it's just a ridiculous thing that, you know, from the, from how the whole setup is shown, you'd think this email is a dissertation, (laughs) you know what I mean, and so we see them do this, and they've got bad Wi-Fi, right, so she then gets a phone call, obviously, it's, it's the guy, right, it's, her date, and, um, Jared, right, and he's not been blanking her, he was in a road accident, like, this is all in the trailer, I'm not spoiling anything, and so then, you know, and just think, right, so, you'd think, all she has to do is say, hold on, go back in and go, don't send the email, but she doesn't, and yes, by the time she walked back in the door, the email has just been sent. Obviously, right? Obviously. And obviously, she's pissed at her friends for sending the email which she told them to send. Right? And so then they go, right, we're going to go to Mexico to break into his hotel room and delete the email. And so that's the film, right? It's just playing on this. At no point does any of them go, oh, why don't we do the um, cancel email thing? Like, no one even makes that suggestion. And yes, it hardly ever works. You know, it's a hit or miss thing. But you'd kind of think that's a suggestion, because it's a thing that's been around for a long ass time, you know what I mean, and this film is set in modern times, it's not the 60s, right, so auto-retrieve, it's a thing, but no one makes that suggestion, 
But yeah, so now we we see them go to Mexico, and it's just in all of these ridiculous situations. You know, there's it, that the whole there's this whole running joke of how oh, it looks like she's a pedo, and it's not a good like. There's a scene where she drops her handbag and a vibrator falls out of it. And you're kind of thinking, right? Who's carrying around a vibrator in a handbag? And look, alright, okay. Now, yes, some people might, right? But it would usually be a, a tiny bullet, right? One of them tiny ass little ones. Just a little clits, a clit, you know, vibrator. One of those ones, right? But she's got the full-on kind of rampant rabbit in her bag. And it's just like, wait, no one would... What are you doing? Just for a stupid gag that's not funny. You know? And it's it's just doing these silly things. Like, there's a bit where we see her... Get electrocuted and thrown. Right? She's thrown. But then, just moments later, she touches the same thing and she's not thrown. It's just like, oh, that hurts, that hurt. And it's like, wait, what? You you showed her getting thrown, but now it's not strong enough. Like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? Uh, it, it, it's just way too cliched. It's just the jokes never hit. The jokes aren't funny. They're not funny at all. It's, it's, it's a weird film. And what they, what they are trying to show you, right, is... Like, these relationships, these connections, but we're not seeing that, you know? We're not seeing any real romance, right? There's no romantic connections, there's nothing, it's just this weird shit, you know? Like, oh, I like this person, oh, but, you know, I want to lie, bum, 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 and then, you know, uh, and, and, and then at the last minute, we get this whole, oh, no, but the real me is, and it's just like, wait, this makes no sense, right, the, the 180s that happen in this film make no sense whatsoever, you know, it's, it's baffling, and the whole friendship situation also, makes no sense, because we have the friends agree to go, agree to go, their, their arms aren't twisted, but then, it's just like, um, you're not thinking about us, and you're just like, wait, but the whole idea of the trip was this one thing, you know, they try and add this subplot into it, but it's just like, but that was never the purpose of the trip. So what are you doing? Huh? Like, we have this weird sexual experience that we see that, again, 
It's so, like, you know that they're going to do it, right? And you're just thinking, wait, why are you going to do this? Like, there's never been an indication of this. But you're doing, like, what are you doing here? This is really terrible. You know, and also, right, the weird thing about it is we see the head move down right, out of shot, but, as soon as the head is out of shot, the woman's stimulating, like, she's getting eaten out, and it's just like, wait, there would be no way for the head to get there in that period of time, like, what are you doing, you're not even stimulating the sex properly, this makes no sense, right, so, it's just, yeah, they, they, they're not really, they're not showing friendship, they're not showing love, everything is just misguided and odd, you know, it's not reflective of any sort of situation, so you're just scratching your head like, what am I watching, I don't get it, everyone always looks perfect, Right, no one ever looks messy, you know, makeup messed up, you know, everyone, it's just like everyone's looking way too polished, just way too polished all the time, even in situations where they're meant to be a state kind of thing, it's a weird film, it's a weird film that is just so misguided in every way, now, it's not as offensive as the swing of things, right, but it's just, what are you trying to be, you know, that, that's what this film is, it's like, so confused about what it wants to be, you know, and yeah, you're just left baffled, and the, the crazy thing about it is, right, there are so many, like, great, female comedies, you know, like Bridesmaids, which this is really trying to be, you know, even, like, Easy A, another great female-led thing, you know, Juno, like, there's so many ones that are so much better than this, you know, even one films I didn't particularly love, like, always be my maybe, and girls trip, they do a far better job of fleshing out their characters, and, you know, giving an actual purpose for what's happening, you know, so that's the wrong thing, like, the wrong Missy, and we, we talked about that a couple of weeks back, right, now, that, it, look, I, it was funny, you know, it was a dumb humour, but it was funny, now that film, right, it, it was silly, it was stupid, but the characters were way more fleshed out than this, you know, the story actually, like, it makes so much more sense, right, the wrong Missy is, uh, uh, you know, like, a Pulitzer written piece compared to this, you know, and I laughed, I laughed a lot during the wrong Missy, 
I didn't laugh once watching Desperados. You know, that's the crazy thing. Now, but listen, right? I there's a lot of things I don't find funny. Right? I didn't I don't like, you know, what about the Zohan? You know, but so many people think that's hilarious. Step brothers hate it. Loads of people think that's funny. So maybe Maybe I am missing something with this, right? So, yeah, you know, if you like those real silly ass films like Step Brothers, like, uh, I don't know, Euro Trip, you know, just stuff like that, then possibly Desperados is something that you will, you know, find hilarious. Right, so yeah, you might want to check it out, but I don't know, people. I really don't know. It's it's not great, you know. Gotta be honest, it's not great. It yeah, it's it's not as you know, it's not offensive like the swing of things, but like the swing of things, it's just not good. Okay, so, was meaning to check this out for a little while, but, yo, there's been quite a few things to watch of late, but this week, people, I checked out Plus One on Netflix, so it was written, directed, and produced by Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer, so you might know them from Pen15, um, which is their show, and, yo, this is their first film, right, their directorial debuts, so, the question is, how is it, well, um, yeah, you know, the film, hey, they had, you know, they brought along some other people to help them out, so other producers on it, uh, Deborah Leibling, Ross Putman, Jenny Wright, and Greg Bouchamp, and the film is starring Maya Erskine, who's, um, you know, a star of Pen15, Jack Quaid, uh, Beck Bennett, Rosalind Chow, Perry Reeves, Ed uh, Begley Jr., um... Yeah, and just, you know, a host of other, other talent, really. Um, so the music is from Leo Bernberg, and the cinematography is Guy Godfrey. Okay, so the, the gist of this is longtime friends... Alice Morey, who's uh, Erskine, and Ben King, who's Quaid, find themselves in that inevitable year that all late 20-somethings experience, in which seemingly every person they know gets married, and agree to be one another's plus ones, as they power through an endless parade of insufferable weddings. And, um, yeah, so that's the gist, right? And, obviously, 
you're gonna think to yourselves, we have seen this film before, right? Because there are a gang of films that follow this process. I mean, a few have already come out this year, right? Um, <clears throat> so when you start the film, you know, it opens up with like wedding speeches. Um, and yeah, kind of, you know, best man, maid of honor, father of the bride, all of that. So we, we get some snippets of those. So obviously this is some, you know, real time shit that they've taken. It could be friends. It could be stuff that's just floating around in the ether. Who knows? Right. But we get those. Then it cuts into Ben trying to um, put together a, a speech. You know, he's a best man at a wedding and he's putting together his speech. Right. And um, so we have him doing some. And then Alice is just like, what the fuck? Come on, man. You know what I mean? The speech is terrible. What are you doing? And, um, you know what I mean? It kind of sets the tone, right? It, it sets the tone, it's, especially in this just opening back and forth between the two. You know, it, it sets the standard of, um, you know, kind of what we are... What we're looking for here Because, you know, Ben is all You know, the purpose of a best man toast Is um, one man's heartfelt truth Spoken publicly to another man Who he happens to be getting married And leaving him behind forever Right? And Alice is just like What? No the speech is meant to be funny. And so this is the kind of thing, right? Because, yes, that's one thing that you know from fucking weddings. Like, their speeches, they're kind of self-serving, right? They're all kind of self-serving. And, you know, it's basically just going, oh, and you've left me for someone else, right? And that kind of... Is what we have here You know, in that character In Ben's character Is summed up In that best man Speech analogy Really Right, so, you know, they do the speeches She tells him it's terrible um, And then we get You know, then we cut into the wedding Where he's actually delivering a speech And You know, it goes over Well, but you know, but you know, you can watch it to find out why and what and all of that. But yeah, so we, we get the narratives. You know, he's caught up with some other girl. And so we kind of see we so we see these things that people are holding on to and how they aren't working. Right? He's a he you know, he he's Got this one girl in his head as being perfect. Like the one that got away. You know. But that's never going to work. Right. So 
Alice, she's just been dumped. And they make this kind of um, pact, right? They make a pact to hit all of these weddings and be each other's plus one. You know, each other's security blanket. And so that's the thing. Like, listen, you're watching all of this and you know exactly, you know how it's going to turn out. As I said, look, we've seen this film so many times, right? So you know they are going to, um, you know, hit these weddings, have a great time. People are going to be like, yo, why are you two not together? You look great together. They're going to get together. Then something's going to happen. And at the end, they're going to reconcile. Right? We, we know. <laughs> There's no spoilers in this, right, the, the thing is, because, listen, there are so many films that kind of follow the same sort of treads, you know what I mean, go in the same directions, but it's in the way they're getting told, that's the thing, it's people bringing their own take to something, trying to make it interesting in a different way, you know, hitting some different kind of story devices, and this film, listen, it tries that, right, so there is one bit in it where, um, you know, Ed, he's, uh, Ed, sorry, Ben, my days, um, yes, he's, <laughs> he's dad, his dad is getting married, you know, for a third time, and he asks Ben, to be his best man, right, so, you know, we, we have a, a kind of, you know, inkling of that relationship at the start of the film, right, we see um, Ben and his dad playing golf, and from that you sense, yeah, there's some shit, there's some shit there, right, and it's, a, it's something that doesn't really get explored that much, you know? So, like, the, there's, there's a couple of moments where the dad explains how everything, like, you know, his kind of take on everything that went down, you know, in the marriages and what this new situation is to him. So we get that. Anna, sorry, Anna, ugh, Alice, they both begin with A, right, she also kind of breaks it down, like, listen, because her parents split, didn't split up, but they, they don't get on, and, and this is something, you know, we hear all the time, it's that whole thing of, should people split up or stay together for the kids, blah, 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 right, so we get that, and then at the end, not quite at the end, but towards the end, you know, we have Ben, um, kind of be like, oh, well, it messed me up, because I was, you know, but it's something that doesn't, like, it doesn't really get explored, right, because we have Ben saying that the marriage messed him up, and it's what's making all of his relationships end, 
But the thing is, right? So the the relationships are ending mad early. And one of his friends kind of point out that he looks, he looks for reasons. But it's one of those things that there is a nuance to it, right? Why people try and self-sabotage and the manner in which, you know, there's a definitely different stages in which people do this. So it's something that could have had a bit of light shined on it. You know, it's something they could have played with a little bit. But yeah, they don't. There's another bit in the story when they're at the pool and Alice is, um, she's on the sun lounger and she's, you know, they're just about to, you know, they've arrived to go to another wedding. Ben's in the pool. And so Alice, as I said, she's on the sun lounger with two other women. And one of them turns to her and goes, oh, how long have you been dating? She's like, oh, we haven't. And she's just like, oh, I thought you're one of those Asian girls that just date white guys. Which is a weird kind of thing just to throw out, right? But if it's getting thrown out there, you'd think there would be more to it. But it's just left. It's just kind of left. She's just like, no, I'm not, that's not me. But it's that, and it's kind of like, it's a rude thing to say. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of feel like, listen, someone said something like that to you. You'd address it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird, but it doesn't, and I thought that was a bit odd. Right? I don't know. Um, but I will say, listen, the film, what I liked about this film was, yes, I did, I did, I did enjoy it, right? So, listen, as I said, look, it's not really treading new ground per se, it's following those same beats. But the thing I liked about it, right? I mean, there's a couple of things. I did. I like the music. I like the music that they kind of put in there in certain places and stuff like that. But the real thing that I liked was the showing of... Because, you know, as it all starts as a friendship, right? But we see the vulnerability in Alice, you know? Like, there's, there's these scenes where she just wants a hug. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're sharing a bed and, you know, they're not looking for anything. But she just wants a hug. You know, she goes in. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, nope, nope, we're not doing that. You need to go over there. And she's just like, oh, can't we just... You know, just, yeah, and she's trying to go, like, we could try this, we could do this, and he's just shooting everything down. I mean, that's real, that's real, right? So there's moments sometimes, and that's all you want, just a hug, just that contact. So you feel something, you know, and I think it's, it's something that everyone can relate to, to a certain extent. And I just think that Eskrin really, she really showed that shit well. 
You know what I mean? She she really kind of gave us that vulnerability in that moment. And then also, like, there was a bit when, you know, she gets a text from her ex. And Ben's all, you know, and this is the thing. Like, so this is when you knew where the, the, the direction the film was now going into. But she's just like, nope, eh, it's cool. And it's just like, the reasoning for it, like the comfortability in the situation and why she's not phased, she really sells that to you well. You know what I mean? You get it, you understand it, and you can see it. And I think that was great. And so I, I really liked these vulnerable moments that we get. You know, it's that empathy in the character. Like, because I think this is the thing. So, Eskrin, she really, she was great in the film. You know, it started off where, yeah, she's kind of the comedy element. They've got her being coarse and loud and all of this, which is fine, right? She does that well. You know what I mean? She does that bit well. But, I think that the true strength of the performance are the the quieter moments, the rawer moments. You mean the the thing where the uh, you know the cloak comes off, and we get to really look deep inside of her. That's where her performance really shines. Like Quaid, Quaid is okay. But it all feels a bit base level. You know, that he doesn't give us the same nuanced performance as Eskrin. You know, it's a fine, it's an okay performance. It's not terrible, but it's just a bit service level. You know, it's a, it hasn't got as many dimensions as hers. You know, so, yeah, I, I think... That's what kind of really helps bring this film alive, you know. It's um, Eskrin, you know. She, she, yeah, she just plays it well, you know. And even at the end, like at the end, when it's all a bit like, okay, yep, we knew this was happening, like that. She kind of plays well. And the hookup. You know what I mean? Just the, the hookup bit as well. Like the first time. Yeah. It, it was just like. It wasn't just the same. I mean look. It's. Yeah these things do get a bit predictable. But it's just the fact that. You know she kind of took charge of the situation. And all of that. It just kind of helped. Take the film just from that mediocre, you know, we've seen it all before, to just something a little bit different, you know. And we had some great moments like the interaction between her and her family when Ben's over for dinner, just all of that. You know, what I mean, that was a good, that was good, that works. You know, and like her and her sister at the wedding. Like, so these moments, this, 
this takes the film and, and just gives it that boost, right? So that's why I feel I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, more than what I was thinking I might. Because, yeah, at the very beginning, ain't gonna lie, I was a bit like, okay, whoo, it's gonna be one of those ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, it, it, it was okay. Yeah, definitely. I'd say, listen, if you like that kind of thing, you know what I mean? You like those sorts of films, give it, give it a watch, right? Because, yeah, there's these moments of heartfelt realness. Like, even in the moment of the breakup, when Alice is just saying, hey, look, it's working. Right, we're working It doesn't need Like, why are you looking for this Disney moment This this is great, what it is Right And, you know, I think You know, maybe not everyone's been in these kind of situations But when someone is making You can see that they are trying to find reasons To jettison out of this Right, they they are, you know, uh, you know. I, I kind of feel that you want something more. Or I kind of feel, and it's just like, no, no, no. You you are looking for reasons. You're looking for reasons, and that's, and yeah, and you just have to watch that interaction in this film because it kind of just sums all of that up, right? And those are the points of this film that I just was like. I like this, yeah, I know that situation, alright, so yeah, give it a check, and as I say, look, if, if you like these kind of films, um, you know, because like last year we had the wedding year, you know, um, from uh, Robert Luketic, starred Sarah Highland and Tyler James Williams, so, um, yeah, you know, that's a very, hey, it's kind of an identical process, but I think this one, just because of the moments I mentioned and the way they're kind of displayed, it makes it the, probably the stronger of the two, but look, stuff like wedding crashes, you know, four weddings, just, you know, that, that, that those typical films, those typical wedding Films, right? Like, always be my maybe. I we just seen them. There's been a ton. So listen, if you like those sort of films, I think that plus one is gonna be something that you'll enjoy. You know, it'll make you smile, make you chuckle. You know, give you those feels, as one of my friends would say. <laughs> but yeah, it's on Netflix, people So, um, yeah You can get your wedding fix with plus one Whenever you feel like it Alright? Cool, cool Okay, so Man, I've been sitting on this one for a little while But yeah, I get to talk about the beach house today and 
This is the new film from Jeffrey A. Brown. Okay, so it was um, produced by Andrew D. Corkin, Tyler Davidson, and Sophia Lynn. Executive producers Kevin Flanagan, Dexter Braff, and Susan Rubel. Um, director of photography is Owen Lavelle. Uh, the uh, film editor is Aaron Cruiser. Music is by uh, Roly Porter. Um, yeah, this film, people, it's definitely, definitely something, right? It's starring Liana Libertara, uh, who plays Emily, Noah Lee Gross, who plays Randall, Jake Webber plays Mitch. And Marion Nagel plays Jane. Okay, so the gist of the film is this, right? Escaping to his family's beach house to reconnect, Emily and Randall find their off-season trip interrupted by Mitch and Jane Turner, an older couple acquainted with Randall's estranged father. Unexpected bonds form as the couples let loose and enjoy the isolation. But it all takes an ominous turn as increasingly strange environmental phenomena begin to warp their peaceful evening. As the effects of an infection become evident, Emily struggles to make sense of the contagion before it's too late. So, yeah, that's the film. And, you know, I have to say, right, so this is a new Shudder production, right? And I haven't been let down by them yet. All the things I've checked out, I've really enjoyed. And whenever Callie Hair sends me something, it is always good. And I love receiving, like, those messages going, oh, would you like to check this out? Because as long as it's English language, you know what I mean? I, I know I'm going to be taken on a journey. And that's what I look for, right? To be, you know what I mean? Just enveloped by something, right? And, it, and it's funny because, um, you know, uh, Jeffrey A. Brown, he... Uh, you know, he has said about the film, right? Um, so this is just a a portion of his director's statement. The Beach House is an attempt to have a direct, honest conversation with the audience. I wanted to take what I felt was missing from horror movies and inject that into the script and production plan. My concerns about the onset of an environmental apocalypse provided the vehicle for the horror, while an interest in the evolutionary science became the microbial fuel of the story. I love movies that shock me, hit me with a bucket of cold water or drop an anvil on my head. I don't want to have a subtle experience. 
I want to be taken to the ends of existence and come out on the other side with my breath taken away. Other movies can have the romantic reunion, the neat resolution, the cosy holiday getaway. This is a horror film. It's confrontation. And I think we get that. Right? I think we get that with this. It is... It's something. Right? It really is. And... <laughs> I mean... You know what I mean? I, I do love a... I love an intelligent horror film. Right? But I'm not... I'm not so much into... Uh, just the... And yes, like the, the, the slasher porn, right? There's stuff that I just think, you know what I mean? Like, there's no suspense. There's no, uh, like, intrigue. And, like, this one really has that suspense. Really has that kind of ominous nature to it. And so, you know what I mean? There's, I've not been sleeping, so... I I watch a lot of stuff late, late, late at night. And I've attempted to watch this a few times at like two, three in the morning. And just the opening, just the frigging opening of this film. I just, nah, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Need to wait for the daytime, you know what I mean? And the, and the crazy thing is, the opening isn't anything crazy. It's nothing crazy, right? So we have Emily and Randall. You know, they they get they 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 get to the you know the beach house. They walk in, and you know they look at each other, and it's just like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, what do you want to do? And they give each other that look, like, yeah, we know what you want to do. And they go up the stairs. And then we're left with this, just this view of the hallway leading into, like, the living room. And it's got a big window overlooking, like, you know, a nice kind of beachfront view. And there's just something about that, that moment and... Just the music playing and the length of time. I mean, sometimes it's all about the time you leave on a scene. You know what I mean? Sometimes people leave the shots way too long. Some people, it's not long enough. But when you have it, just that that certain period of time, it creates a sense. And it's real frigging foreboding. And that just... Gets me, you know what I mean? Just like, god damn. And so, there's a lot of that in this. You know, there's, the, at the very beginning, again, Emily comes down the stairs. And she sees a woman. And you're just like, yo, what? What is that? Well, I mean, first she's in the bathroom and she sees some things. And then she goes and sees a woman. And... You know, she goes back up to get Randall. And you're thinking to yourself, is this going to be some, like, you know, vision 
that like the people aren't really there. What's gonna happen? And no, no, no. The people are real. They are there. You know what I mean? It's um, it's Jane, Jane and Mitch. But you're kind of just like, wait, what's going on? What's happening here? And it's just because of the way these shots are put together. That really get you just like worried. <laughs> You're just like, ah, oh, fuck, what is this? What the hell have I let myself in for? And, uh, you know, as Brown says, you know, it, it's, he wants something that builds. You know, he likes a film that builds up to, you know, this crescendo. And the beach house definitely does that. It's, you know, it's what you might want to call a slow burn. But you are kind of tied into the story. You know, because, look, you you realise there's something between Emily and Randall. Like, you know, from the just scenes at the very beginning, you know that they, you know, they're into each other. But then there's a conversation about he wants her to... Quit school You know Stay with him He's dropped out And you and you realise that Yeah they're not on the same Wavelength when that comes So you can see there's some tension Right And then when you see Like Jane You realise there's something going on there So there's all these things That you're wondering like Hmm What is happening here like what there's yeah, there's stuff going on. What's happening? What's going on? And it key it piques your interest. And yeah, as the feel like you know, they're they're seeing these things that you you know you shouldn't really be seeing. Like at night time, there's like the glow. You know, like this you know, um Emily says it's like this kind of yeah, this kind of weird, lucent kind of glow, and she's just like, yeah, you usually see that in the water, like an algae, you never really see it in the sky, and they're like, hmm, yeah, this is interesting, and then there's a fog, and it's like all these things, and they're just like, huh, yeah, this shouldn't really be like this, but no one kind of picks up on it straight away, but then other shit starts to happen, and at first you're wondering, is this a, you know, is this a consequence of drugs, right, is this intoxication, are we seeing a visual trip, and that's your first kind of fault, but then you realise, no, they're, 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 I think there's other stuff happening. But what's happening? Like, what is this? Hmm. Is, is this an alien film? Is this a zombie film? Like, what, what are we watching? What are we seeing? You know, like, people seem to... Are they disappearing? Like... Huh, what is going on? Like, what's with the time? How much time has elapsed? I'm not sure. Huh, what? And so we're seeing these things, and it, we're trying to put it all together in our minds. And, yeah, it, it, it's just like, ah, oh, man. And then when we finally 
kind of, there's a realization that, oh shit, no, 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 there is something real wrong, and it kind of falls on Emily, right, which does make sense when you, you know, find out what she's studying and everything like that, and you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, whoa, yeah, this ain't right, this ain't right, and you see, whoa, there's something with the foot, there's something with the foot, and it's just, it's gnarly as a motherfucker, ain't gonna lie, people, ain't gonna lie, so yeah, that is, whoa, (laughs) so we have that, and so now you're thinking, but even before the foot, like, what we see, because at first, I was like, is that a jellyfish, is that a jelly, what, what is happening, but with the sun, you're just like, oh, yeah, hmm, it's a pollution thing, what is this, what's going on, and, yeah, you're seeing more and more stuff, and you really, just, now, you just like, what's happening, what's happening, Yo, where's this gonna go? Where's it gonna go? I don't know. This is freaking me out. This is freaking me out. And, like, there's a thing with Jane and Randall. But you're like, yo, what's happening behind the door? Why aren't they? What's happening? And the film's going on. And there's an interesting thing that you then see with, like, the gas tank and everything like that. And you're like, oh, that's smart. That makes sense. Oh, that's great. That's great. And you're just thinking to yourself, how is this all getting resolved? Right? How's it all getting resolved? And what do I want? You know, like, what, how do you want this to end? You know what I mean? Because there's films where you want everyone to be... To make it out, or you just think, well, if this per at least if this person makes it out, or you know what I mean, like you're just yeah, you're thinking like, hmm, how do I want, how would I like this to be concluded, and how is this gonna be concluded? And we definitely get some twists. We definitely get some twists, and then at the goddamn the very end. The very end, you are just like, whoa, 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 what? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck did I just see? Huh? This is freaking me out. It's freaking me out, man. It's such an intriguing, great film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And the thing is, the story. So that's just a story, right? But what helps make the story? So, as I said, it's the way the scenes are put together. The way the scenes are framed. The way everything is shot. The way we're held on certain things. You know, just some panning shots. Like, there's a bit where they're just lying on the beach. Right? And then the camera kind of comes up. Like, from their feet. And it's such a great shot. But it's such a simple shot. 
You know what I mean? It's, it, there's nothing crazy about it. It's a simple shot, but it's a perfect shot for that moment. And we see a lot of that. There's there's just a great use of light, a great use of like color contrasts, especially with like it, it um you know the illumination and things like that. It really helps to emphasize certain moments and certain things, and. Unlike some films, when when it's in the darkness, you just can't see anything, and you're just like, I don't know what's happening here. Like her, even at night, right? Even in those dark moments, there is still a clarity of the action. You know, what I mean? and that's very important. You know, really, really helps to emphasize the film. So yeah, it, it's just. Some real great um, cinematography going on. And I think the location. The location. God damn. It, it, it's very simple. Right? Because it's basically the beach. The house. Yeah, like that's kind of it, and then you've kind of got a bit of, um, you know, the holiday kind of, eh, like complex isn't the right word, but you know what I mean. There's a few beach houses and and whatnot, and so that's the main location, and it's perfect because yet yeah, it's off season, so it's deserted, and. Those places are definitely a little um, freaky, you know. I I've been um, yeah I I've been to you know beach holiday spots, and it can be odd, you know. It it can be a bit weird, and it's definitely a little spooky, right? It's definitely a little bit spooky at night time. So, uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> you, know, you, you understand what the feel is. You know? You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know what that is. I feel that. I've been there. The light and the way everything plays. And especially when it's a little foggy. And how eerie it gets. So yeah, there's that. Then you add in the music. <laughs> oh man. The music really does. You know, play with the scenes and everything. So yeah, it just all. It all really works. You know. It all really works and helps just set everything and make you think. Ooh, god damn, this is oh, this is something. This is making me feel all of these things. And it, you know, they're not really the same, but there was a film I saw at the London Film Festival last year called Nocturnal. And it was from, uh, like, um, Natalie uh, Bianchuri. Um, 
and you know the film is her film is set at a like a a, a holiday park uh, uh you know a kind of a seaside holiday park in the off season and again like you know it's a simple location but just utilized really well and so the the the, the you know that film and this they did that thing so well with just that little kind of that location that simple location and the way they utilized it the way they shot around it and used light and you know music and the contrast and everything to help emphasize the story you know and um yeah this is definitely something that you should check out and people it's on shudder right so hey you can watch it today and you really should you do not want to meet what well, so you don't want to miss should i say the beach house right and just so you understand right so jeffrey a brown you know, he has worked on things like Fringe, you know, he, he's worked on, um, like, DOA, <laughs> you know, so I, I feel that kind of helps you understand, like, his sensibilities and the way he, um, he works on stuff, you know, so, hey, this is really worth your time, really worth your time, if you like horror films, you'll want to watch it, if you like psychological thrillers, you will really want to watch it, people, if you just like really well put together films, you definitely do not want to miss this, okay, so check out The Beach House, that has a Echo Chamber recommendation for sure. Okay, so we draw to an end of another episode, people. But before we do, here is some uh, film news. Okay, so as you know, as expected, right, a lot of films are being delayed, and Universal have just confirmed um, that their new Candyman film is being moved from the 25th of September to the 16th of October, but, you know, that's not that bad, right, because October puts it kind of in the Halloween uh, state of affairs, so that's fine But by moving that They moving some other shit Right so um, Halloween Kills That has now been pushed Back a year So it will be opening on the 15th of October 2021 Which also Means Halloween Ends Gets pushed back To October the 14th 2022 And also, uh, the pur- the Forever Purge has been pushed to the 9th of July, 2021. Okay, so uh, 
you know, it's it's not the worst, I guess. You know, um, yeah, but also, um, I believe no time to die. Um, you know, that's got a slight delay. Um, you know what I mean? But, you know, it is whatever. So that's November. And the Cruds 2 and News of the World will be uh, Christmas weekend. Okay? Um, so, uh, a new film has been confirmed from AG Studios. Uh, and it's starring Vince Vaughn, Paul Walterhauser, Kristen Bell and Leslie Jones. So they will all be in Queen Pins. And um, basically Jones and Bell are playing two um, housewives who are best friends. And they stumble upon a way to counterfeit coupons and make some money. But, you know, business becomes a huge success. It's a 40, 40 million dollar enterprise. But with that, you know, as Biggie says, more money, more problems. And uh, yeah, shit starts to get real and they're in over their heads. Uh, so, um,. It's being written by Aaron Godet and Gita Plapili. Uh, you know, so um, it's meant to be based on a true story. So uh, we will see uh, what happens with that. Donnie Yen, he uh, was um, on his Instagram the other day and he confirmed a couple of things. So um, he's saying that. Production on a film adaptation of the video game Smash Sleeping Dogs is um, soon going to be underway, and also a Golden Empire, which is going to be an English language crime filler. Um, and Golden Empire is about a China-backed. Um, Right, it's a China-backed film where Yen will be playing a notorious drug kingpin who hits the top of the most wanted list in both the US and Mexico. So, um, yeah, hopefully they will be a lot of fun. Uh, so Jude Law, he has been... Um, yeah, tagged to be playing Captain James Hook in Disney's live adaptation of uh, their Peter Pan film cartoon. Um, the film will be Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, so um, yeah, it's getting um, it's been directed by David Lowry, um, and it's going to be written by. Toby Holbrooks and Jim Whittaker, uh, who will also be producing. So, um, hopefully, uh, this is going to be better than Hook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that was awful. 
And um, yeah, a few of the uh, last few adaptations haven't been great. So fingers crossed that this one will be um, decent. Uh, so um, I think uh, what was it? It was just it wasn't that long ago, right? So um, yeah, to mark the 400th anniversary of the first Africans that arrived in Virginia, um, the the New York Times launched the 1619 project. Okay, so um, that was mm, last yearish. Uh, so interestingly enough, right, the New York Times has uh, entered a partnership with Oprah Winfrey and Lionsgate. Okay, so uh, yeah, this this new partnership is going to be putting together films. And TV series based on the stories that have come out of this uh, this endeavour, let's call it. Um, so that could be interesting, you know. Catelyn Roper, who's the editor, and, um, and Nicole Hannah Jones, who kind of created the project. Um, they're all going to be uh, involved as producers um, and creative leads. So, yeah, this could herald some real interesting stuff. I'd be interested to see, yeah, what direction it goes in. And um, finally, you know, the Invisible Man. You know, it's the top of the streaming uh, charts in the UK. And, um, you know, the director of that, Lee Wannell, he has been tagged by Universal and Bloomhouse to, uh, yeah, usher in a new version of The Wolfman. Um, Ryan Gosling has been tagged to star and um, also produce. So, um, yeah. I mean, The Invisible Man was a huge hit. So it'll be interesting to see what Wannell will do with this. Um, he's writing um, the film, you know, based on an original idea of his, which is supposedly inspired by the 1941 classic. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if this... Will, uh, you know, rise to the heights of the Invisible Man. But people, that is it for another episode. I am going to go and, uh, yeah, get into the cups a bit more. And uh, continue uh, the celebration. So, enjoy your film watching. Um, yo, I will mention... Um, yeah, there's a, a, a film coming to um, Amazon today called, uh, I think it's Timing, um, which is, um, yeah, it, it sounds interesting, right? Um, so I think that's, uh, it, it's going to be, um, you know, worth 
worth a uh, worth a look, right? Um, so yeah, go and check that out. But people, I will catch you next week, and uh, yeah, enjoy yourselves. All right, cool, cool, peace.